Hello and welcome to When World End. It's the movie podcast where we take Manhattan. We get on our boat. Yeah. We get the whole graduating class at Crystal Lake High School. We get the dedication on the radio just to Crystal Lake with the appropriate warning that New York City, a place that we are very excited to spend a lot of time in, is actually kind of fucked up, fucked up and crazy. I'm losing the metaphor. Is this a metaphor you just describe in the movie? I'm Josh, and this is Charles. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are now on the eighth installment of our Jason series, wow. which is sobering. We've really spent uh, a tremendous amount of time watching these movies. We actually, here's a little peek behind the curtain, fans, listeners, fuck squad. I can't wait. Uh, this is our longest break between Jasons. We took oh like a God. like a ten day break in watching Jason movies or something. It might have been longer. Maybe you took a two week break. I think it was literally two weeks because we recorded. We did a two. two. We did we a did two, two for, for. We got some momentum going, which for us is like great. We'll never have to work again. I think that that's that's the most people would use that momentum and be like, all right, we're ahead, but we can, you know, not totally slack off. And, and then just we're, fall we're recording this on the morning of release. It should have already come out. <laughs> it should have already come out. We had two weeks to do this. Two weeks. Hey, they had seven months to make this movie. Five million dollar budget. It was That's the largest budget huge. to date. And yet Paramount was like, we are not shooting anything more in New York City than we absolutely have to. You have two days in Times Square. And look, I, I want to get this out of the way. I want to get this out yeah, of the way. Yeah, yeah, let's get the it The obvious hack observation about this movie, and I just, uh, uh, look, in my cursory research, from the cast to the crew to critics to fans, this movie barely spends time in the city of Manhattan hmm. making the title a bad joke at worst, I guess. Yeah, I, it's very interesting. It must have been so disappointing because all, like, I think nowadays we get so much ahead of maybe they did but the internet's just really allowed us to get so many more trailers immediate access to interviews like all this shit coming up to a movie can you imagine like all you get is jason cutting through the i heart new york thing like oh my god this is gonna fucking rule and then it's just a weird poseidon like a shitty poseidon adventure for an hour and tw- what did we we looked at the time it's it's a hundred minutes it's the longest movie in the series i want i'm gonna go ahead and just cut right to my hot take i actually really liked this movie yeah and i'm I glad we slept on it me too for me this has penetrated the top three um wow i know i know and i, actually, I can't wait to talk to you about i have it. a big bold ranking because uh, i ranked mine last night i know but because you're in my office now i have a big ranking what is, that's just Wikipedia. It. That's just. Oh. I showed him the ranking. He got so excited. So, okay. What font is that? Is that Calibri? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, wow, nice choice. So far, my favorite to date is Six, which was directed by Tom McLaughlin, who really was like, I'm going to really do something with this franchise. And Rob Hedden, who writes and directs this movie, had like a really, really cool idea. Okay. They're going to be a Brooklyn Bridge scene, a boxing match in Hassan Square Garden. You know, seeing, imagine, look, the Julius boxing scene <laughs> is incredible. Um, there, Jason going through department stores, Times Square, going into a Broadway play, crawling on top of the Statue of Liberty and diving off. Rob had, that sounds awesome. had an amazing vision for wow. this movie. And Paramount, who, by the way, because this only, this only makes like 15, they like sell it to New Line. And this is the end of the Paramount yeah. run. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, they they did get eight movies out of this and spent roughly thirty five bucks across all right. that time. So Rob, Rob hadn't really, I think, despite the obvious problems with this movie, at the very least, it's in the hand of a micro budget auteur who's like, I what really had a done? vision for this. Have you looked very at little? It? Yes. Yeah. Um. He did such. Mo- he's known for such movies as, and again, I'm going to say these. You'll be like, of course, oh my I God, love that I can't movie. Believe it. You may not cr- kiss the bride. 
Okay. The Condemned. Huh. Hey, Steve Austin's in that. Wait. He's I, a wrestler. I think I've seen that movie. Can you bring that the Condemned? back up? Yeah. Vinnie Jones. Yeah, I think I watched it because Vinnie Jones is in it. I mean, hey, that's a reason to watch something. Yeah. And of course, Clock Stoppers. <laughs> oh, shit. That's I so never funny. saw that. Did he actually direct it? No, yeah, he, he wrote it. <laughs> He wrote, conceived of the story, and produced it. No, he didn't direct no, he Clock Stoppers. Mr. Jonathan Frakes did. Oh, my God. That's a Frakes joint. Wow. So Rob, uh, Rob was, is buddies wait, with Riker. That's amazing. That's sick. What's the... Can you just... Oh, hold on. He did the documentary on the making of Brazil. Okay. Okay. So Rob Hedden seems cool. I'm going to go ahead he and say... He pretty cool. He seems wait, what was cool. the premise of Clock Stoppers? Uh, that's like the kid gets the watch that stops time. Right, right, And then right. Smash Mouth did the music video for it. And then yeah, for my yeah, other yeah, podcast, yeah. The Smash Minute, we actually analyzed every... I listened to that. Right, five-second chunks of the Clock Stoppers Smash Mouth music video. What happened to that, the, the, the Smash Minute? Uh, I think we did a good job doing did our thing. We did two seasons? We did two seasons. We did two months of uh, podcasting. And I think we did a pretty good job with uh, well, the two, Smash but, Minute. I mean... Make sure everyone knows that it, when you say two months of podcasting, you did <laughs> one episode a day for the month of Smash Month, which is April. This then, is on, and then how long? Were I the think episodes? it's on SoundCloud. They were quite like a minute. It's a Smash were, Minute. It's the Smash. It really minute. is one of the funniest things I've I ever worked it. on. I really thank loved you, it. thank you. Anyway, so Rob Hedden is kind of a cool guy. I, I think he really had real ideas about this, and certainly this this series is so director driven compared to almost anything else we've watched. We're like. People really yank it in so many different directions. Interesting that you're saying this. Well, I'm, I'm saying not, the, I'm not, I love your energy. I'm not quite buying it. So I'm, well, I'd love I'm to saying the, the sell installations that feel like weird compromises are so obviously just complete messes. Like in reevaluating my ranking last night, I was like, I barely remember seven. Seven has a psychic teen, and that's yeah. literally all and we I watched remember it, about it the most recently. Right. Yeah, I. I I had to look a bunch of stuff up too. Five is complete. Well, f- five is the nightmare one with Danny Steinman, the the coked up monster who <laughs> made a. Like a th- that's like Reggie's brother. Yeah, that one's the- totally gone from my memory. Right, but I'm, but I'm saying, you know, seven, seven is-, is like Crystal Lake plus Psychic Teen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, four, which we enjoy, is still basically like Crystal Lake. And four is my favorite. So sp- yeah, tread lightly, motherfucker. That's so odd to me. But like, like four, as far as distinguishing things, you have great casting in that mm-hmm. case. But it's sort of like we're still scrumming around. Yeah, Crystal Lake. that's what I was gonna say. Top is that I think the reason why I'm not a huge fan of this franchise, and especially this one's in the middle for me, and especially this one is because they don't. They get so close to franchising this fucking thing, and then they keep just going back to the same thing, never making any new grounds. Right, and Rob Hedden specifically was like, I'm going to get Jason out of fucking Crystal Lake if it's the last thing I do. If it did, I mean, he did, I guess. Absolutely. For, for what, 15 minutes? No, I mean, the the boat scene is Come on, is man, you're on a boat. You're that, on a boat. That, that's that's, on, that's, that's, that rivals fucking uh, uh, Valhalla Rising for... Boat which scenes, lengthy does. boat scenes. I want to get into the core of the movie, which is, of course, the seemingly endless boat ride from a landlocked lake in New Jersey <laughs> to, up the Atlantic coast to New York City. They used the series of canals that uh, they built to get out Famously, to the Atlantic yes. Ocean. Billions were spent in connecting yeah. Camp Crystal Lake to the well, ocean. Well, it seems to matter because, as you alluded to, the opening has one of the biggest radio stations in, in Manhattan issuing... 
a congratulations and a, and a warning to the graduating class of Crystal Lake. And, and also, this is one of the rare intros to a Jason movie that really perplexed me because we just get an opening monologue. It's sick. My over, favorite like, part a of montage the of New York of like, ooh, punks, homeless people, this town, Times sucks. Square, and just a guy being like, New York City. It'll rip your heart out. A real piece It'll of give shit. You a if I've job. ever seen one. It sucks. I hate it. Don't go <laughs> here. I love it too. Yeah. It's like you're only. It's. It's. I mean, I feel like you had this vibe when you lived there. You know, it's like I can hack. I can hack it. You can visit for a couple well, of days, but you better leave before you get sucked into this mess. But it's true because, like, it, it's such a distorted reality of like, you know, no personal space, constant competition. Everything I, feels like yeah. a battle. And again, the rewards. It's it's the classic. Sounding a lot like thing. Survivor. I'm sorry. You just mentioned no personal space, rewards. Uh, Battles. I forget what else, but it, it sounded very. I'm, I'm lost, man. You you haven't even watched. Uh, the, there's there's a huge shift in Survivor where there is basically just combat at a certain. Point. Yeah, so it started happening in ten. Right. There's like a sumo wrestling match where you just watch people. Oh, that's nothing. I, but, that's nothing. Yeah, I watched was, when we first watched. We went from seven to fifteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And in fifteen, I one of the first challenges is basically just like a muddy field of battle. <laughs> yeah. Like, it looks like fucking Branagh's Henry V. I, <laughs> I started watching uh, Eleven this morning, and uh, they started off with a tug of war, where you you don't have to always tug. You can war. And people cross the line to beat beat the shit out of each other while the other people are trying to drag the mass of people. Well, let me just say this, and, and forgive us for a brief Survivor corner, and spoiler alert for season 10 of Survivor. Did you doubt Tom was going to win? He literally never loses. I believe he's the only winner who never loses. I think I, I I did not. And I only started thinking that way because you said it was really obvious. But to me, Ian... Ian, if that he goofy had, dolphin training motherfucker? Right, but he Tom bitches him out so hard I in the know. finale. See, that's the problem. He it, crushes Ian like a bug. No, not in the finale, in the in the final four. Oh, don't you're, don't nitpick me. No, I'm, I'm saying, just saying he doesn't go because... When he forces Ian to apologize and step yeah, down, dude. it's like, Ian, Which that's is not so, what this game is about. It's so funny that... Uh, Kate or whatever the fuck her name was. No one cares. You'll forget. I know, but it's so funny that she was also in the final three and she was equally as guilty of selling out Tom. And yet she's just, she all she gets yelled at about is for being a lazy piece of shit. Fair enough. But of course, Tom, a, a New York City <laughs> firefighter. Okay. Did, oh, there's a, before we move on, there's a great line where he's shooting that big gun and he misses every shot. And he's like, thank God they didn't make me a fire, uh, a policeman. Boy, that would have been embarrassing and dangerous for everybody. No, Tom, we wish you were a policeman because you wouldn't have killed as many innocent <laughs> young people or old people. Uh, uh, and uh, let me just say this. The World War II theme of Palau, I completely kept forgetting about that as a theme. And like people were talk about that season like really rapture. Like the, the subreddit for, for Survivor, like all subreddits, is basically a waking nightmare. But people love 10. And I don't get it because it's like it's I just, like 10. Yeah. I think it's my one of my, my top three so far. You've seen better than eight. Nothing you've seen. Better, a I know, but of I'm saying in better than order. eight. Wow. Yes. the season everyone hates all stars, dude. Season eight, two people quit. That's you're such a baby. That's nothing. Well, no, that's I'm just saying nothing. it's like it was boring. Everyone hates season. Actually, eight. season but ten, I'm two saying, people quit. There too. are people who say that's one of the worst seasons. So don't compare ten to eight in the community. You're oh, like, okay. You look like an idiot. Anyways, getting okay. back to eight. Okay, getting back to Thanks. eight. Great segue. Thank you. Um, I love the fact that. Everything about the cruise, which is again the, the dominant portion of the film. <laughs> I love film. that you use the word cruise. It well, takes place on like a shipping it, barge. They keep calling it a cruise. The, the the barge that they shoot on becomes this like limitless Russian nesting doll of like there's 
I, I you know, we we took ample notes, but I bet I can just remember some of the locations. Yeah. There is a huge sauna. There oh my is God, my... a, a discotheque, probably my favorite scene of the series so far. I love the discotheque. Mm-hmm. A discotheque that looks like a massive ballroom with a million doors. There is a huge. I'm not. What, what do you call a shit basement? Shit basement. Bottom part. Oh, a shit hole. Basement. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the parts in the hole. I was like, I call my shit basement the shit basement. Yeah. Um, it, it's just this like massive, endless sort of Terminator meets Alien Three style, like yeah. massive, very wet. It's so drippy. wet. There's chains everywhere. Yeah. I just like that. They embrace the limitations and defy them. There's, there's almost like a European sensibility mm. of horror where for some reason this boat is just fucking endless. And there's – we at the beginning, I kind of thought there were more people on the boat than there were because there's no staff. There, there's apparently <laughs> like the crazy deckhand, the, the new Ralph. You're all doomed, <laughs> but on a boat. He's awesome. There's the there's the the, the 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 sad dad captain and a second in command. There's like three people working on the right. boat, maybe. Oh, there's the handsome guy too. But long story short, there's like maybe four yeah. staff members on the boat, and yet there's a massive kitchen, a, a galley, you'd call it. This it's like everything this is, is massive. It's interesting on the inside. to me that this is like I get what you're saying. I think to me this feels like a mistake, not a choice. And I still I still think you can you can appreciate it for that. But for me, it just feels like. This makes no sense. They obviously just didn't want to budget a, a larger cast. Like, but that's the fun of this low budget horror. Is like they face this limitation of obviously this is not a large boat, but in in the world of the movie, the boat is this limitless expanse yeah. of like a kaleidoscopic array of of locations. It is that's so funny to me. It is funny. It okay, doesn't. Did, did you notice the the name of the radio station? No. This, okay, it was WJAZ. W Jazz. Well, yeah, and then of oh, course, in D- Donald Fagan's W J A Z, with jazz and conversation What's that? at the foot of Mount Belzani. Is this your radio Sweet station? Music. No, in Donald Fagan's legendary album, The Nightfly, the 1982 classic. Oh, is this a Grateful the title Dead? track. This is a Grateful Dead. No, thing. he was in Steely Dan. My okay. other thing. Okay. Um, he he uh, he references the station W J A Z. So fans of Donald Fagan, you'll get a little tidbit, a little treat. WJAZ. I, I, I didn't get the treat. Yeah. Um, no j- treats for Charles in this movie. So Jason was goopy. Can we talk about the goop in this movie? Never-ending goop. So much goop. Here's something incredible I read, okay? When Jason pukes the water up, yeah. Kane Hodder apparently just chugged a few pitchers of water and just <laughs> threw up water. <laughs> that's crazy. So that's not an effect. He just, like, vomited a shit oh my- ton of water up. Wow. I would never do that. Um, I would worry about your health if you did that. Yeah. And it's not for me. I, I haven't vomited in probably a decade. Well, also, given your frame, if you pounded a few pitchers of water, it would be so evident. I would slosh around. You would sound like the freaking boat in Jason 8. Charles takes a shit ton of water to the gullet. Yeah, and then goes to Manhattan. And then goes to Manhattan. This is the best way to go to Manhattan. Just full of water. Yeah. Ready to piss. So this movie did a real shout out to three that we we noticed the spear gun scene. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets cranking. He, he gets it going by killing. And that's those sort teams. of that was my MVP in three, and it's sort of like a pivotal. Oh, Jason is scary moment. And I think that's well, another because he's not hiding; he's standing, yeah, completely in the open using a weapon. Like it seems to like sort of like or, or like a ranged weapon or whatever, not like a machete or whatever. So like, yeah. It, and I liked that, 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 you know, with these two dorky teens on the boat trying to fuck, and they, of course, the 
the infamous power cable they laid at the bottom of Crystal Lake gets hit by the anchor. I love that that, gets that idea reanimated. that they put this cable down. Maybe I guess it's supposed to have already always been there, but it looks really new. It looks brand new. And also, like, I, I don't know a lot about massive power cables. It is literally sitting on the floor no, of I, the lake. I, it's I just think sitting that's there. real. Really? I used to, my, my grandparents owned a lake house, and I think they told us, Ooh-hoo-hoo. all right, they're dead. It's Must okay. Be nice. It was pretty nice. Were they buried in a pyramid, a massive tomb full of jewels? Yeah, they actually got my cat, and uh, they were trying to get my sister, but she ran away. They were they were going to mummify her as well with them. That's beautiful. Yeah, they really liked her, but uh, not me. Yeah. Because uh, there was one time where we were playing hide-and-seek, and, seek and I, I chose to hide in this unplugged refrigerator, and I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's like pretty much... Uh... That's a big one with kids. Don't go in a refrigerator. Yeah, no one ever told me that because why would I ever go in a refrigerator? But but you'd just seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls and you were like, <laughs> no, I'm, in, I'm invulnerable. A nuclear <laughs> Yeah. No, it's just like I've never seen a refrigerator without any food in it. And, and the so excitement was, overtook you. Well, How I mean, could you restrain That's the thing. Is that's why you're telling kids not to go in refrigerators. It's like, I and can't. And yet they're so cool. Where where am I going to fit? There's all this food in here. It's cold. Mm. But you find one that's unplugged. The shelves were taken you're out. Like, it's so moldy in here. No, it was dry because it's airtight. Oh. It was really great. And then my grandfather comes down and rips the door open and yells at me. I bet you were possessed by a weird demon in there. And that's why you are the way you are. Oh, that's um, did you notice that Jason gets some evil chuckles in this movie? No, I didn't. That was amazing to me. Uh, so the most recent Grateful Dead uh, live release, which, by the way, charted number 13 on the Billboard charts, their highest charting since In the Dark back in 1987. During the drum space, there's lots of evil laughter. So it was really weird to watch this movie huh. in 1989, which had like similarly weird, distorted, crackly, almost like uh, altered beasts, like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, wow. It was really cool. I missed it. It was a fun addition to the Jason canon, because it's like, is this the soundtrack? Is this Jason? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, I I assumed that was just part of the soundtrack, because while we lose Manfriend, uh, Malini's is... Hold on, you're just running over... Oh, come on, man. This isn't the Josh show. We can't go on your pace. No, you just... This okay. You were I, talking about the music. I can tell you're you're mad that I keep mentioning the Grateful Dead on the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm wearing multiple Grateful Dead. <laughs> what's what's your shirt? Articles today? of clothing. It's a Grateful Dead. No, movie. no. What's oh, the shirt? Bridge of Flowers, a, a Western Mass uh, oh, band. Okay, so, nice. you know, we'll change. Um, no, but I just want a bit of fond farewell to our man friend. To, okay. I just don't want to run over a man friend. This is the the, the official passing of the. Can torch. we give him a ha 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 goodbye goodbye buddy. That's what? how he, he would have lost. Is he alive? I hope not. Oh, not, not to live in this world. I don't want I don't want him to be dead, but I do hope he's spared that. Um, but yeah, we, yeah. we're saying goodbye to Manfred. Yeah, that, that, he's that been hurts. he has been the most consistent part. And I've loved consistent. In oh, wait, he's back in the next one. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and in Jason we're going to we're gonna have to take back his goodbye. And in what? some other thing. Maybe. No. Can you click on it? Because sometimes it might just be that he uh, they used themes of his but he didn't actually do the score no he's full music he's by all by nine. that's it Fuck. in nine so forget it i take that's it all so, back yeah i take it back man friend just take, that's take like a break. that's take like five buddy that's like when you say goodbye to your friend but then you realize you're both walking in the same direction to the car he appears to still be alive good well wow. i'm glad he's alive in this terrible world yeah but what i was gonna say is he's we, been we all need a man friend sometimes we sure do yeah he's been consistent in name but he hasn't been he's grown he's changed like that's so cool that We've got the 
but he got jazzy in one of them. He got really the, the really synth pop disco. I think in five, we yeah, the really crazy. So theme. Yeah. I've really been. He's been. I think you awfully gave him your MVP because I hate when you do that. But he deserved it. He yeah. richly deserved it. That's Actually, one of the most iconic like, sounds yeah. in movie history. So, but uh, he's he's been the most consistent part, and he's been a very fun part. But you know what? I think Malini took over and did a fucking great job. Thank, uh, nice to hear some enthusiasm about this movie from you. And yes, Mal- Malini did great. I think he brought out a little bit more. Like uh, you're the you're the noise musician. You're the technical guy. Yeah, I do but there was it. like what some reverb, some echo. I don't know what was going on. It was a little trippy, and it made me feel a little weird. Well, the thing about these movies is you want to have a really good sense of space, which is one of my many obsessions in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So you like and- the endless boat. I love the endless boat. No space. Well, I think a they, they like space. made rules about the boat where I was like, this is hysterical. I love it. <laughs> like every part of the boat we're on becomes the entire boat, basically. Yeah. And I liked that. Um, but no, you're right. I think with the weird echoing, the weird reverb, the weird mm. digital effects, it just increases this like weird unease that we get. And, and it's, it's as you mentioned, like I didn't even realize that I thought thought it was the score. You thought it was diegetic. And you know what? It doesn't matter who's right. It's cool that the the music is as creepy and weird as this movie attempted to be. And, and so we have to talk about uh, JJ, who jams her JJ freaking Abrams. JJ Abrams plays the young goth rocker oh, who's sick. jamming on her sweet. That's flying JJ. Band. That's a young JJ Abrams. Wow. Um, so they wrote a song just for the movie. Malini and Stan Meisner wrote a song just for her to jam along to. That's so, so it's an funny. original. Would you ever do that? You're on. A, imagine you're on your your uh, high school graduation trip. Okay. And. I'm very, you have many I'm choices. very excited. I can imagine being a teenager who's just thrilled about having a new guitar, for sure. Uh, yeah. So you're you're you brought your guitar with you with my little amp and my tape deck that will play the backing track. And rather than go to the discotheque, rather than go to the sauna, rather than go to a, one of your friends' quarters and do coke, rather than talk to your dad in the in the booth, you choose. To go by yourself into the shithole. Or, or kind of not talk to your dad and sulk <laughs> off after a basic correction. We'll talk about like Phil a little baby. Son, but... Yeah, that, that Phil Son rules because I basically forget everything about him. He's one of the great anonymous survivor. figures. I know, but like that's how he shitty a character he yeah. is. He's so um, bored. She chooses to not just like, like, it's very unclear whether she's even playing the guitar. You said she's probably playing her own track along to. She, she's shredding a sweet solo over a backing track is what's yeah. going on. Or she's not doing anything and just listening to a cassette tape while holding a very cool guitar. It's a sick guitar. Um, but then Jason comes and bops a hole in her head. With the, That's why I would never Boop. get one of those angle... Who who famously played on one of those? Do you know any... A Flying V? I mean, a lot, yeah. I don't know. A lot of yeah, okay. Know. You know the name of it. That's... I would never do use... Do a, do it do seems do. like the most dangerous of guitars. You might as well just <laughs> strap knives all over it. There's some guitars that look like machine guns. Those are pretty dangerous. Do they shoot gun? No. Well. But they look like a gun. So you, you're saying if you brought one out, the police... Isn't that m- scary? The police might kill you because they you're holding... Might, a unless gun. it's Tom from season 10 of Survivor who comes back in season 20 Heroes vs. Villains. He was a hero. I mean, he's one of the most uninteresting heroes, but yes, he's a hero. He's I like, know no one wants to listen to us talk about Survivor, but I did have a question for you. Okay, fire away, buddy. And this is probably, you know, everyone thinks this. But it's it's interesting to me. I've watched 10 seasons now. People seem to be very angry when you break alliances. But, and maybe it's because the jury is all made up of people that have made them. But my point is here, It to me, it is much more villainous to create an alliance and kick out people that you don't like. 
than to than to go back on your word against people that you randomly teamed well, again, up with. You're still in the primordial phase of Survivor because yeah. right now in season, so I just finished season 33 of Survivor, which infamously has a, a character introduce the concept of trust clusters, which is a, Ooh, a much debated concept. But even I mean, that's if, been happening it, since the beginning. But I'm glad there's a phrase, for right? It but now. like o- over time, the concept of are you playing the game? Like, is it more interesting to play the game morally or to play the game ruthlessly? And that's sort of that 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 is the defining ethos of the game. But the concept of strictly sticking with an alliance that definitely changes greatly over the show because it becomes very apparent. I think, obviously, there's sort of like you're not actually playing the game very well if you're just like relentlessly pursuing a single strategy. And it's also I don't think very ethical. It is. Can we please get back to Jason talk? Oh my god, you like this movie. I like this movie. There's a lot of fun uh, uh, trivia, but we'll get into that in a minute. Let's get to just go into some more notes that I took during the filming, the screening. Yeah. I, I kept. I them was all. not alive during I, this filming. Really? I was uh, not alive. I was born in uh, May 1990. Oh, that's right. It's 89. 89, babe. I was alive. So the return of cocaine to the franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. Famously, the only good character in five, the fucking lunatic mortician guy, is like. Waiting for his waitress girlfriend, going like, "Oh boy, it's a snowing in my nose tonight." Hey, baby, 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 baby. Um, was your MVP? Yeah, he was. By amazing. the way, listeners, remember, Five is a horrible movie. Yeah, but the the the, gl- the shining parts are blinding. They're so good. Yeah. So we get a return to to some cocaine usage, and so Tamara is the cool, sexy, popular girl, which is funny because she's just sort of like annoying and and uh, this real thin, you know, sort of. I don't know. She's just and like, she looks thirty too. In on yeah, some, they're, like, they're just, not really selling that. No, there's no teenage vibes, which is good. It's it's nice that there's no like teenage vibes in this movie. It feels very old. Everyone like they're trying to like he hasn't even graduated high school. It's like all right, son, it's time for you to drive the big boat. And he's yeah, like, what? The, the, the naval fail, son? Are he, you he's, kidding? He's very Twin Peaks James adjacent. Like, yes, he's like very sulky and generically yes, handsome. We just started watching Twin Peaks and yeah. the, the haircut, the vibes. Right. Yeah, he's a very and of course, James the, guy. The joke of James is amazing that he's just like he just sucks it's just like a stupid I'm, baby amy is loving twin peaks i think i mean this is her first time through. yeah i mean I, look it's a quintessential experience it i is. think everyone should watch it once it is one of those things where you're like this was a hit on network television like it's it's really a crazy moment in culture and you know god bless him but I, think I think that's the you like my fatigue out. with with twin peaks is maybe it's a victim of its own success but maybe i'm trying to maybe i'm being a little arrogant here but i think maybe not everyone got the joke that like there is like it's a very lynchian experience and for prime time or it was probably on prime time or whatever the fuck that means but like i think you're initially sympathetic with james and donna but then as you're like oh wait no these are like crazy terrible people and by the end of season two i don't know do people still like that show during season two well no that that's infamously it gets very bad well because the the network because lynch was like what if we never reveal the killer? Yeah. They're like, my man, we need to. So I, It's I think, the Golden Goose. Did you hear that interview? It's very talking funny. Talking about the Golden Goose? Yes. Yeah. And I, all of his metaphors are pretty entertaining. Uh, the, you the, killed the, the goose. The the big fish is about creativity. He's like, I'm oh, not right, trying right, right, to catch right. the little fish. I'm trying to... It, you get it. Uh, no, I didn't no. get it. Was so, he trying to catch the big, the fish? big fish? Okay, the big fish, the good ideas. Yeah, the way that I think you have to encounter two as essentially two seasons, basically, because there's the yeah. the, the resolution of the Laura st- storyline. I think that part of the season is still excellent and features some of the most shocking and interesting parts of the show. And then you sort of get into the two point five territory of like complete mayhem 
until the final episode. All I remember is the Civil War reenactment shit. Uh, the human-sized chess pieces. Yeah. Is, uh, man, what a stupid... But the, the ending. The, the, the Miss Twin Peaks competition. Then, of course, yeah, Lynch comes Last, back for the final yeah. episode, and it's pretty much... He the, fucks the, your brain. The ultimate nightmare fuel. It's really scary. I am scared just thinking about it. You just grinning at me like that was scary. Yeah. Uh yes, which is unlike anything. I think we might both agree that nothing in this movie is scary, and I think that's a good thing. I think that it's good. While this movie for me failed as a France franchise, it failed as a movie. I think it realized that Jason. Maybe the only successful thing this is doing as a franchise is really that Jason isn't scary anymore, and this is turning into goofiness, but also just sort of just like intense violence rather than. An intimidating presence. Well, it's funny to watch this as like essentially a superhero movie before hmm. that became the dominant franchise. Because like you're dead right. I mean, they talk about shooting the, the, the like two days they were in Times Square for the epic finale of this movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Kane Hodder is walking around fully dressed up as Jason, and people are fucking losing their minds. Yeah, he was a. This is such a phenomenon. It's so funny. And we, we were talking about how he's not even as scary as, as we keep oh, fucking yeah. up his name. I want to get it right. Okay, a uh, Brooker or whatever the the guy who played him in three is so good. And you mentioned like I think uh, the only problem with bringing back the uh, the harpoon gun is that it shows me that this new new Jason is strange. Like he's very similar. It's just a big man wearing a hockey mask, but. There was something very special about the guy who played him in 3. Yeah, Richard Brooker in 3 is this huge, terrifying... He looks like a fucking murder zombie. It's terrifying. And maybe it's because they had to cake the last two in so much prosthesis just to get him to look like a zombie that he now looks lumpy rather than large and intimidating. Yeah. but So so getting back to 8, we have to talk about the Jason lore as it evolves in 8. And look, something I love about 8 is the... It's the least plotted film I maybe have ever seen. Yeah. It is impressively almost avant-garde in its lack of structure, which I think is, like, I, <sighs> I I admit that, like, obviously that's probably not the sign of a brilliant filmmaker, but I do like that it's just, like, this very strange soup of what's supposed to be happening. Interesting. But we keep getting... An, <laughs> okay, so the main... And again, it's very funny how much I enjoyed this movie versus how much I actually understood about the movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> J- Jensen Daggett plays who's Rennie. Who's that? Uh, she's an actress. Maybe you've seen no, no, her sorry. in who's Home Rennie? Improvement. No, who's Rennie? She's the female lead. Who okay. has the, the weird sight vision. Rennie, really? That was yeah. her name? I know. With the dog? Didn't make a huge impression on us. No. And, the, and uh, Scott Reeves as Sean. That's the naval fail son. Sean. That's right. I yeah. do remember that. I think I got that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so, so she keeps having visions of Jason, and I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure. Basically, she's like... Her, her cool teacher is like, you're going to come on the class trip. And they're like, evil principal teacher man, Uncle Charles. Who is like, her uncle. Right. She's like, he's, she's too crazy and loony and nutso in the brain brain. Yeah. Uh, but Does she get, she gets Stephen King's mighty uh, uh, fountain pen. Yes. She as a gift from nice teacher. Gets to have the classic Chekhov's Stephen King's uh, fountain pen. Yeah. She ultimately stabs old Jay right in there the wasn't eye with a, that. I thought that was going to be a Chekhov sexton. But that never came back. He used the the digital one to get lost in the. In the yeah, that's another uh, thing. Loose Chad, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, she keeps having like weird psychic visions of young Jason, and like the changes, which is cool, right? Which is, and, and that was very weird because we first see we see a lot of footage for the first time of Jason actually drowning. Which we've been wanting, right? Oh boy, but, but see a baby boy drown. It starts with, like just like a little baby boy drowning, 
And then as the movie goes on, he evolves into the fully deformed, disfigured, mutant Jason face that we've come to know and love over the series. Yeah. There's no explanation as to why Jason's appearance, like, presumably he always would look like that. Like, why would he not look like <laughs> well, that at some point? I don't and know. And then die I mean, and then look like that? Like, it makes no sense. I'm eight movies in, and I didn't even understand <laughs> what was yeah. happening. So basically, I know this might be a waste of time, but can you catch me up? So it's 1954? Okay, so we, we had a little bit of a debate over exactly how she would have these visions. You inexplicably thought that he had watched this happen, which makes no sense. Wait, who had watched this happen? That Rennie had watched it happen. You were like, so oh, here's, she's remembering Here's what I it. thought happened. I thought that uh, Jason died in like three years before the first Friday the 13th movie. And he's still a baby boy living out in the woods. And then five years pass. And in two, he's now fully grown up. But I guess he died 30 years ago. So as I understand it, uh, the original events that we see in the beginning of Friday the 13th happened in the 50s. Wow. And she then really holds like, a grudge. That's crazy. Well, I think people remember when their children die. Um, yes. Uh, so the young boy drowned in 1957. Okay. By the way, I'm about, hold on one sec. Hello? It was a robocall. Good. I'm glad we got that in there. Yeah, I, just, I didn't want my voice machine, my voicemail. Right, you're on the clock. Hi, you've reached Josh Landers. Don't say I'm on the clock. Sorry, you're not on the clock. You got your work done. Thank you. You don't. You don't have a clock, Josh. Oh, that's beautiful. You're a free spirit. Yeah. But, so so he drowns in '57. Okay. And then the events of the movie are, you know, 23 years later. Oh wow. Of the first movie, yeah. So he so he and he's been maybe. Do you think drowning like that and then surviving out in the woods would cause your eye to pop up like? Like maybe the bends made his entire face melt so, no. so and it's very unclear he didn't drown because he's alive but he has come back to life now what three times oh my god i mean so many times well at this technically point. we're but, meant but, to believe we, he's survived the attacks but like he's, we, we've now been led to believe i think six we have the dream sequence in five of the lightning bringing him back to life yeah but then in six, it I think very happens. cleverly, they're like, yeah, fuck it. Lightning brings him back to life. And now we're, we're really settled into a world where if he gets shocked with lightning. No, no, there's no lightning in, in five. He just is a zombie. No, no, you don't understand. In five, in the dream sequence at the beginning. There wasn't. Was there? I thought there no, was. No, no, that was six. That was the guy who. Oh, so six. Okay, yeah, yeah The yeah. guy who wanted to make a, a, a Tom Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, the first the first one, he just was alive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, God, five sucks. What a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. This this is not a terrible movie. It's a weird. It's a weird movie. But like five is like a lunatic throwing stuff at the screen. One is genuinely boring. It's just boring. Two starts to form into an actual thing, but is still like just kind of yeah, a lot of off-screen back. stuff and suggestion. I would say, like in the in the adult era of these movies, which in my mind is three onward. This is really, I, I, I'm very comfortable saying it's my third favorite right now. Okay. I think for me, this could have been tighter. I don't like Ghost Jason. I don't like, let me clarify. I don't like Jason where the camera points at, a, at him, points back at the character, character turns around, Jason's now somewhere else. Like, I just, I don't find that very interesting or scary. Like, he's always just happens to be. Uh, just wherever he needs to be. And I like that he's actually a person in the first seven. 
I mean, he is full on teleporting in this one. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> it, but it, it matches the vibe of this whole movie where there's just like a an eternal boat with yeah. with endless shit, and, and you never get a sense. It's just it's funny to me that you like this because you're the guy that loves like movies that take place in very controlled spaces where you get a sense of the space. This is just like a nebulous series of wet hallways made out of like steel. I like that. Yeah. For some reason that works for me. It's working I guess, for like, you. T- to me what makes it work is that it's so unbeholden to reality that the boat becomes like a concept and I just like that concept. Yeah. Like we've and gotten him out of the fucking lake finally and like now we're just in this weird otherworldly and like again the next one's to go to hell then it goes to space. So yeah, I'm, think, I'm trying to embrace the spirit. Of, I think the problem though is that I wish he had uh, what's his name? Holden? Bill Holden? <laughs> I think that. What was the director? Uh, of this film? Yeah. Rob Hedden. Rob Hedden. Okay, pretty Rob close. Hedden. Um, I wish he had gone bigger. You know, uh, he wants to change the fucking game, get rid of high schoolers. But, but on, the, the tragedy is that he was so limited financially. So, like, I'm very sympathetic to the fact no, that... listen to me. Okay. I want him to... He wants to go to New York. He wants to change the fucking game. He wants Jason out of Crystal Lake. And the suits fucked him. They, no. Get, I mean, you're saying the suits put in a, a series of teenagers to wander you around and get murdered? You can get rid of teenagers. You can. That's what I'm saying. This guy, he had a small dream. You were talking about fish earlier? David Lynch's famous fish? Ah, uh, yes. He I, was going I wasn't. Out, you, well, you mentioned it. Fish? Yeah, he David Lynch is like oh the big idea is fish. That's the fish. There's a fish in my percolator. Yeah, we just watched that episode. Uh, he is only looking at small fish in in the same aquarium of the the franchise. He needed to smash the aquarium and go out to the fucking sea and catch justice. I, this is the most articulate you've ever been on the show. I don't agree with you, but I am impressed. With well, your... I'm just saying, like, can you imagine this? No high schoolers. No, like, I don't have to believe of a fail son who's who's like 15 being told he has to sail a giant crate barge. <laughs> it just make it. He gets it's onto a cruise. He gets onto a boat with people, with adult humans walking around doing their job, getting murdered. You know, I'm sick to fucking death of this, like, oh, Bobby, I want to fuck you. And, oh, it's like, I'm done. I need something else. Look, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that, like, from a very basic standpoint, there's the realism of a movie studio knows that these movies bank on pretty much one thing, which is nubile young flesh having sex and then being murdered. Yeah. So I I don't want to put it all on Rob Hedden, who worked within that admittedly limiting constraint to do something that i think is more creative but i hear you he could have gone farther the whole thing could have gone farther he had what sounds like an incredible vision yeah and paramount said no so i'm not going to blame rob Hedden. he made i think four this is the eighth installment in the series for this to be this fun is kind of crazy yeah, i guess i just wasn't i wasn't that I, fun i think seven wasn't that fun i agree and five was really unpleasant to watch yeah i don't know this, I, you're you're for me hitting the nail on the head with this franchise that we've watched eight i would say five are bad. I, you and know, I don't know. I, the thing is, I'm really enjoying good. the world of it, and I like getting a sense of how different voices articulate different things about the world. That is interesting, actually. I like it, that it's point. It's so sandboxy. They, this is like such an, right, but an they aggro just, sandbox. They're always series. playing in the same sandbox, making the same. Because there are people who pay for these movies who require yeah. it to be that. So I'm yeah. saying you have to be an adult and be like, okay, this is not someone who has carte blanche. This is someone who has incredible limitations. So I'm saying because of those, I'm someone who thinks that creativity thrives on restriction. And I think given the restrictions on Rob Head and he put together a movie that has 
no right to be as entertaining as it is. I mean, I like that you like it. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I think this, the plot of this movie is based on um, our main character was, we find at the end of the movie, was pushed into a lake. That's the big trauma that we, she has to overcome is that she was pushed into a lake where her Uncle Charles was trying to help her to learn how to swim. Obviously, Uncle Charles, bad job. But she wasn't in any danger. She has no connection to you're Jason. You're being a little defensive about the fact that the guy Charles is such an asshole in this movie. Because he's named Charles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just, my point is this. Uh, her trauma is not like, oh, she murdered Jason at the age of six and now has to figure out how Who it means. Who cares? I do. This oh is not God. interesting. Watching a girl be like afraid of water. It's funny. It's not then, interesting. Then tomorrow, the cool girl pushes her into the water. Yeah, that was out. cool. Yeah, tomorrow also, rocks. I can't believe this movie is so anti-drug. Drugs are fucking cool. You never do drugs. You don't like drugs. I know. <laughs> okay. I hate drugs. Um, well, let's just hit a few more important plot points. Um, t- Which, t- yes. t- tomorrow, uh, unveiling her unbelievably erotic lingerie, tries to seduce Uncle Charles right. to get out of her <laughs> biology project. Dude, that shit's the fucking worst. But when... she's like painted organs on her skin she's like help me with my anatomy it's a terrible project you you know tomorrow it's so much as an art project i think she excelled it's very hard to paint things onto your own yeah she did great she must have gotten help and and she colludes with horny dork wayne who's the sort of new that was funny the the new wave uh already av dork guy who's like i want to fuck you tomorrow she's like uh no thanks she's like Bitch. That's another great part of this movie is when uh, we all cheer when she's murdered because she owed a man or owed a boy sex. And I just want to say that this pay. series relentlessly murders men who think that they're owed sex, which is fine. As yeah, much as the women are murdered, I know. I think Shelly the problem with this sucks. And yet, like you, know, I love three, but like Shelly's the worst, and yeah. like Oof. it would have been so awful if like you know. No, but I guess my point is, I think she's let like she was written as like, oh poor Wayne. Not getting fucked by her, even though he did such a good job filming her uh, sexually assault her teacher for blackmail. But Wayne still sucks. No yeah, one's of like, course oh, he Wayne's does. cool. No, but I, th- I think the movie thinks he's sympathetic. But Wayne's also a dipshit because, Wayne. look, he faces the ultimate content creator's nightmare in this movie. When hunting Jason, <laughs> do you put down your huge camcorder while holding a shotgun and chasing an undead serial killer who cannot be stopped? And Wayne bravely says, you know what? I'm going to try to get some content yeah. out of this. We felt, I mean, maybe that's the only reason why I felt sympathy for Wayne. I do think that we in the same way are always confronted by our metaphorical uh, undead serial killers. And we never put down the microphone. That's right. We bravely deal with all of our problems. Yes. On the podcast. Um, okay. So the, the great Charlene Martin, who, who I, I believe is the great Tamara. Uh, she didn't. She was uh, anxious about being nude in the shower scene, and this is my favorite story I found in this whole thing. Good. So Rob Hedden, being like, you know what, I'm going to be a real director. He also got naked. Oh my god! Is that like the and, worst thing you could do? And walked into the shower. No, I, no. People usually like it. This is the famous Paul Schrader story about making that legendarily awful movie with Lindsay Lohan, where he got like sh- shot that sex scene naked. And people do it. It's like a, it's a thing. Maybe the director got naked. Yeah, to, to 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 put the actor at ease. That like they're also willing to be like you know. Did it work? I think yeah. I would have been really creeped out. Um, and and, and uh, he borrowed a page from theater and film lore. Man, I love IMDb trivia. It's my favorite part of the year. Yeah. Um, so he he goes into the shower to show her how easy it was, but he didn't know the film the camera was rolling. So the producers watch the dailies. And the There's season. B-side yeah, they, of Rob's dick? Uh, uh, yes. They, uh, everyone got a look at the, the head the, of the Rob Hedden. 
they were very confused as to why the director was standing completely nude yes, in the shower, you talking be. to one of his young actresses. Martin said the director's act helped her lose her inhibitions and film her shower and death scene fully nude. The only ones who saw wow. her naked, unlike five, were Kane, Hodder, and the crew. So I'm uh, actually I'm not just like five. Many women were treated really horribly yeah. over the course of the series. It's kind of nice. Rob Hedden was like, look, I'm willing to be vulnerable. We'll have a closed set. You know, that's nice. Know. The closed set is nice. I still think I don't know. The story is has some openings that I don't want to get into. But you keep going back to the story isn't good. I'm like, no one is arguing that the story is good. No, no, I'm saying this story. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to know if he, like, did he ask permission to get naked I'm, in front of her? Okay, you're right. There's a lot like, of things Like, it sounds fucking creepy. All we know is that according to the IMDb trivia, it worked for the, the actress. So cool. that's uh, kind of nice, I think. Um, let me ask you this. <laughs> that's now, a beautiful heartwarming tale. It really is. Th- there was some talk of, as we often encounter in the series, uh, of someone taking on a larger role uh character wise uh, like, like if you remember famously tommy they sort of try to franchise around tommy a mm-hmm. little bit and yeah. that's kind of awkward and weird and then we're like you know oh is Corey feldman gonna take and they just fully yeah. fast forward all of him <sighs> uh so briefly they were going to bring back the psychic teen from seven but she wanted interesting she wanted more money than they were willing to pay her which is wow that's the one thing good uh, for her yeah <laughs> No, I mean, how much money are, do you, do they have? Like, how much these actors are getting paid? I mean, the entire budget nothing. of this movie, which shot, shot over seven months, was five million dollars. Yeah, and they, so I'm assuming it's it's the minimum. Yeah, yeah. But they meant these people need more money. And and then they shot this in British Columbia and in Vancouver for the most part, which is why yes. we were watching it, being like, "Where is? Why this? are they so cold? Right, because like, <laughs> you know, we've seen Crystal Lake. I don't know." Over eight movies, so all of a sudden they're like in these like fjord-looking <laughs> yeah. massive. Crazy uh, dramatic. It's so funny. Can we can we talk about something I liked? Always. Um, and I know you liked him too. And I think we mentioned the fighting, the all the hunting. Julius brings to this movie he was the best part of this movie by far. Oh, uh I'm gonna go ahead and say consensus MVP, Julius. We yeah. loved Julius. Julius from his first moment on screen to his dying day yes the best best character maybe ever best easily mvd no question i will not take any i'm other. actually i'm doing it different are one. you joking yeah no no wait well the, the discotheque death is really great no the guitar death is really great no uh the drowning in the gross barrel no what sauna rock to the heart my friend oh the hot rock in the heart that, yeah, that was, that was, cool. just, that was well, the first sternum not really heart keeps saying it's, it wasn't heart it's in the maybe middle. he's a weird guy that's, that'd be very that's his heart in the middle very strange um i think that was the first death after the opening gambit correct um, that's his first death on the boat or no maybe a guitar was first it's early it's an early death but yes yeah, a flaming a flaming hot sauna rock it takes place in a sauna which has no rights to be in this boat. This it boat is a is... huge sauna. The sauna at the Berkshire Y here in Pittsfield <laughs> is not as big as that sauna. And this boat, I mean, granted, there is an infinite amount of space to be working with, so the size of it, I guess, makes sense. But everything on this boat looks like it was made for the ending battle sequence in, as you said, like an Alien or a Terminator movie. And yet, there's the most like beautiful, large, like everyone could have gone to the sauna on this boat. It's amazing. It's so it's nice. Sauna. And then just Jason strolls in, grabs a hot rock without, just, and then punches it into this poor. And I think what I liked about this death that it was the violence and the gore wasn't necessarily on screen, but his acting, his death throws were like, oh shit. 
Yeah. This sucks. I mean, you're insane. Uh, Julius dies because his head gets punched off and then it hits the top of a dumpster and closes. <laughs> two like points. A, two points. Uh, that's a, the best thing ever. So Julius is this incredibly handsome, charismatic, athletic, funny, uh, dynamic leader figure yeah. who we see beating the absolute living <laughs> shit out of the naval fail son, Tamara and her... Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. Cause, oh, I didn't even recognize Or was it Wayne him. or something? I thought it was Someone, one, someone was looks up at Tamara. Tamara's like watching this. Again, <gasps> it might like, have been Wayne. Yeah, they're boxing on their big cruise, which is like... Again, there's like no one on the boat. There's like eight people there. There's like boxing. It's I love it. Very odd. So this but, is but because Julius just beats the shit out of over this guy. Over and over. over. Bow, 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 bow. It's like fuck. It's so sick. He beats the fuck well, out. Do of you him. think maybe he included the scene because he spent all this money on boxing costuming for the final fight in wherever he wanted it to be? And I then hope they're like, so. no, he can't have any actual shit in New York. So put all of it on the boat. You leave it all on the screen, my man, and they sure did. But yeah, there's a. It does. F- when we thought Julius died, we were both really upset. Yeah, and, and when he came back, he didn't deserve oh my his God, death. We were happy. We knew it because he gets punched into the into the ocean, and we're like, "What? We should have learned from all the Gandalf stuff that if you don't see the death, he didn't die. He comes back and has a what." A minute and a half straight punchathon with Jason. He, it's so sick. He goes toe to toe. The thing is, you know, there, there's br- briefly that moment where they're like, they're on the boat and they're like, we gotta hunt Jason. They go yeah. and collect like nine shotguns, fourteen chainsaws. Yeah, and Julius briefly like, I'm not taking anything. And we're like, whoa! And he's like, I accept the gun. And they go, whoa! That's like, he's like, you know, th- this is why we love Julius. Yeah, he can have his cake and eat it too. Oh my god, that the, is the like great the perfect... Vincent Craig Dupree. What else has he been in? I want to see more. Um, South Central, where he plays Loco. Eastwick, where he plays Edgar. Martial Law, where he plays Faster Brown. Mm. He uh, hasn't really been in much mm. in a minute. He, he's filming the Once and Future Smash right now. So what the fuck is that? We'll have that to look forward to. It's directed by Sofia Cacciola and Michael J. Epstein. So you love to see Italians and Jews working together. Yeah, we love to see it. It is unclear to me what this is. It looks like a horror movie. It does. The Once in Future Oh, hold on. No, is she in it? No, that's just recent. My own recently viewed. Ignore that. <laughs> Josh got Shut confused up. by Shut IMDb up. again. So he had a somewhat limited career in film. But you know what? When, when you enter our hearts and minds forever uh, in Friday the 13th Part 8, my friend, you win MVP. So that's yeah, big win for MVP. You. We've gone through our MVDs. Um, yeah. Oh, and it's also funny is that he like punches Jason for a minute and a half straight. And then he's like... <sighs> Give me your best shot, and then one punch to the head knocks Blows it. his head off. So sick. <laughs> that was good. That's. I think if the the heart. I think this is really pointing to what we get out of these movies. Is that I really like the intense, raw, visceral, realistic, brutal murders of Jason, and you're all about Julius getting his head knocked off. Well, I think that's what this has become. He's essentially a murder superhero. What's happening makes no sense and is just magical and weird. Yeah. I, I, I want to go back to Tom McLaughlin in Six for really taking it in this direction yeah. of like, he's oh an God. undead wizard murder That's man. The best. It's sick. It's and the best the thing choice. Is, what I love about Three is that like that whole intro and the morgue and stuff. And like, there's like, that's like, that feels like more of a carpentry kind yeah, of yeah yeah and then this is this is its own thing finally it's it's not ripping off halloween it's not just a retread of, of slasher stuff it, it's, it's its own weird universe where jason's this unkillable monster magical mm-hmm. I, i'm just i'm really enjoying i think it. half of this was good i, I wish i wish you were a little better that's all but let's so, so in so, in form of the movie where the first what four-fifths of the movie takes place on a boat we finally get to manhattan yeah. we start talking let's start talking about manhattan because a lot goes down in the city 
Yeah. Even um, though you don't see very much of it. So, so first off, this was supposed to be like a two-hour movie originally, <laughs> and everyone was like, no, my man. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely not. That sounds awful. Um, I don't know. This kind of flew by for me. I, I liked it. Yeah, but I'm just trying to imagine an extra 20 minutes of Oh, well, yeah, what? so they get to the city, which, again, apparently is uh, a lot of uh, Vancouver stuff, but they're sort of running around the sewer as we see well, a lot no, of like, goopy So they rats. get off the boat, and they're immediately confronted by two rapists who steal our main character. <laughs> yeah, two mean New York City dock rapists yeah. who run away with Rennie, requiring a, a rescue mission. And to, they inject her with heroin. They give her heroin, famously. It's implied to be heroin. It's not entirely clear. That's true. It looks it like It seems urine. like a bunk dose, because like, nothing seems to happen no, to Rennie. She, well, yeah. she gets a little woozy. Like They, they do some POV stuff for about 10 minutes uh, of movie time. Um, but I think... Hold on, sorry. Quick trivia thing. Julius throws punches at Jason for a full... What looks like six, uh, 76 seconds. That's what I said. He's just punching and punching. A minute and a half. That's so <laughs> Yeah, sick. I guess a minute and a quarter. But um, what's interesting is that Jason, um, and maybe it's because we were talking Saw and Escape Room recently, but Jason feels like he rescues her. Kind of, yeah. Which is a weird feeling to be like, I don't know, this movie is very anti-drug. It is a product of like the 80s. Like, everything looks like shit in New York, and I know I wasn't a part of it, but, like, I've heard the tales. New York City was a total dump, I guess, in the 80s. Well, there's there's a, the whole universe of, like, New York City fucking sucks movies, which I love. Yeah. Because, like, you know, if you've, if you've ever, The Taking of Pelham 123 by Walter Hill, a, a wonderful movie where, like, Walter Matthau plays, like, a racist oaf, and, like, he's the main <laughs> character, and he just, like... like but the, the beauty of like a Walter Matthau is that like you don't he's not likable he's mm. just like you know he's got this weird charisma it's so about, funny that he was a movie star yeah the most like flop sweaty ugly <laughs> yeah. rude like it's so sick yeah so this movie very much is in the like you know fucking New York City full of toxic waste that floods the subways at night <laughs> every so night funny yeah like you, you kids better be getting out of the subway system it's about to fill with toxic waste <laughs> uh but yeah, he's he is almost like fighting against New York. Not like he battles the rapists and the and the, he like shows the only person he shows his face to are the punks. Like he's definitely the king of the punks, and he's here to eradicate. I, I was told by someone that uh, uh, the singer of a death metal band that I actually know of is one of those punks. Which is oh, really? Very That's funny. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that he sort of um, feels at home in New York, where. Everything sucks. Everything and sucks, goopy. and he's like becomes well, he's a hero. So, he's so goopy that like he goes to the oh, the goop capital of the world. Sure, so it makes sense. It's so true. So we're getting towards that time, Charles. Um, let, first, let's do rankings, yeah, and then we'll 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 go from there. So we thought, given the sheer length of this series, we're gonna lose focus. Yeah, because what saw was nine movies. Yeah, so I mean, this is a full quarter, twenty five percent longer than that series. And saw so, was easier for us because the first. Uh, there's four, four we're really, so good yeah. it's like we only really need to rank them in first half second half but yeah. now it's like this is it's a all scatter over the place. yeah so and, and again we're getting into just to, to reiterate we're about to do hell space <sighs> versus J- verse freddy reboot so we're really kind of at this point the final four well not just the final four but we're leaving any realm of like like shit's just really about to get very very franchisey um so here's my the josh ranking um 
I think six is obviously the pinnacle of the series to me. I think everything comes together through a, a visionary uh, director writer, Tom McLaughlin, who understands what works about the whole series and brings it all together. But he draws on the legacy of three, my second pick, because I think three is where the, the, the series matures into, okay, this is Jason. This is why this is compelling. Yeah. This is interesting. And the, the visual iconography. I'm going to go ahead and give Takes Manhattan the third slot, number, number three, because I really had fun watching this. I think with movies like this where we can agree they're not like incredible filmmaking would i want to watch this again are there things that i can laugh about with friends mm-hmm. are there moments i look forward to and you know, the thing with five which again is my is a brutal movie is that the things i remember are literally the, the only palatable parts yeah. of it are like reggie's brother being cool and the coked up mortician <laughs> guy and everything else is a nightmare yeah so okay so six three eight four two seven one five i think seven and one suffer from being ultimately somewhat unmemorable and just not really having a lot going for it. Two has that wonderful finale with the severed head altar that I really liked. And four, the, the, the casting is great. It just feels like a mature, healthy example of the series. Mm-hmm. So again, six, three, eight, four, two, seven, one, five. Well, that's very interesting okay. because I'm just going to start with my back half. Two, seven, one, five. I'm sorry. You're so, so your 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 bottom are my, two, seven, one. We're five. the same. Okay, we yeah. totally agree. Um, I think. Two and seven maybe could be flopped in some ways, but I think you're right. There's there's enough. Well, 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 it fails in a lot of ways. The like severed head area is very cool, and I think seven never gets to that. Yeah, so, seven is just like it's, it's could remember, be so good, right? I remember some of the psychic teen stuff, but like it, it, it's we just good. watched it. It's yeah. not very interesting. No, but here's here's where we differ a little bit. But we're also still pretty on the same boat. Six, mm-hmm. uh, and then I go four, three, eight. That's so funny. I, I know you're not enjoying the series as much as I am, but like, I love that like eight finds its way into your top four. Oh yeah, regardless. it's not bad. Yeah. It's definitely better than the ones at the bottom, but it's it's uh, it's I'm not asking when will it end, but it does make me worry. You know, like this is for me the ultimate, almost the ultimate failure in a franchise is where it gets to eight and it's like hasn't accomplished anything. It hasn't built anything. It's just like this. Still, we're playing. You mentioned the sandbox earlier. All we have is like just sand. Yeah, we don't I, have castles. We don't have anything that we could do anything with at this point. I, I see what you're saying, and I do agree with you. The, the beauty of Saw is that, like, for what could be a maddeningly derivative series, they, like they they go all in on the lore, and then like that makes it yeah. and, and the structure, and those are two things that make that at least again the first half of that series so compelling and interesting. And I agree with you. There's a lot of treading water in this series. I think we're looking at a different era where franchising was different, where there isn't really... Like, home video has not become this thing, and continuity is clearly not something anyone's really that concerned about. So, I mean, yeah, I I hear you. This is a very... this is an archetypal early franchise. It's it's very episodic. It's very repetitive. I guess, yeah, but the thing is, it could be, ep- like, you know, Dickens was episodic. He built, but I guess it's, again, it's the medium was very different. Is that uh, that's... Yeah, sorry, Jason. You're no Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the idea of episodes and franchising is not new, but film did, like, you know, the early film was also, like, The Thin Man. Like, all that shit started off as episodes, but they didn't weren't really concerned about building anything and i think this is interesting that it took 80 to 100 years to like be like oh we can actually make franchises good by not just like the mcu 
Well, of course. But no, actually, I'm it's the most s- diverse franchise of all time. It is very true. It's, yeah. it's the last movie. Um, I'm going to sort of segue out and like mention our Patreon. We haven't recorded this episode yet, but we're going to be finishing off the two-parter of the Escape Room movies. And just to see like the true ecstasy that someone in 2021 has to create movies now. It's like, it's not a good movie, but the fact that it uses a franchise to pull off an amazing ending even though the rest of it's sort of boring. It's just like, this is, watching those two movies and then watching these eight, it's like, oh, I just sort of wish they had the the money, the structure, the media to create a franchise. Yeah, I mean, like, again, hits. spoilers ahead. Escape Room 2 is not as good as Escape Room, and yet they're like aggressive decision-making about franchising and lore yeah, is enough so to be like, all right, I'm excited for the third one. Right. Okay. So with that said, you said you're, you are not asking when will end. No, I'm excited for hell. He's now for a, hell, a, a yeah. totally burnt. I mean, this movie ends in a very cool way. He is swallowed by toxic sludge and turns into the baby boy that he never was or whatever. Yeah, and, it's crazy. Uh, I love it. So his body is gone. He's now in hell. And I'm... Honestly, this is maybe the most excited I've been to watch another Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, if only because it's like, what possibly could this be like? I don't know where it's going to take. Is it going to take place in hell or is it going to take place on a fucking boat for an hour? Going around the river sticks, heading (laughs) to hell. Um, I will say fans of the franchise have told me, oh, so 638, huh? I think that's going to, I think that might stay somewhat steady through the final four movies. So I guess we'll find out. Um, someone told me the remake is Mean and Lean, like six. Shout out to, to my, my man, John. I like Mean and Lean. I wish it were. Me too. I, I'm hoping for a Rob Zombie. Meaner and Leaner. Friday the 13th movie one day. But yeah, we, uh, next we go to hell. So check out our Patreon. Keep listening. I am not asking when the world end. Be Great. very clear about that. I, I really enjoy the space that we're in with these movies. They're very silly and very fun. And yeah. I got no big complaints. And then um, our Patreon, we're going to be ending with we... We're, we're just franchise heads over here. So we want to end strong. We're going to be doing two more two-parters to close out the year and get us into 2022. So we'll be doing uh, 28 days later and 28 months later. Maybe we'll get the 28 years later one day to make it a full franchise. And Man, then, if Danny waited actually 28 years, oh, how epic oh would God. that be? Fuck. And then uh, we're going to also be doing the National Treasure duo, which... The Declaration. Sounds like we'll never get a third got to steal the Declaration. we got to. Turtle so, Tob, Cage, the ultimate team-up. <laughs> so join us there, uh, patreon.com slash WWIE podcast. It's only $5 a month. Very fun. We If you like this, you'll like that. We appreciate we it. We talk about Great British Bake Off. We talk about oh Survivor. It's a blast. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, go to hell. Go to hell. Uh, All right, go ahead and say hello for us, would you? Okay. Hello. Okay. You sound like uh, <sighs> the dwarves in uh, Warcraft for a minute. All right. <laughs> say hello again. Ready to work. Ready to work. Yes, Lord. Yes, me Lord. Coming. Hello. My life for the Horde. Ooh, that was good. Who you want me to kill? I had all those sounds. Vengeance for Zul'jin. Did I send you those? I don't think I did. Probably at some point. I don't know. Okay, we're good to go. Great.